clubhouse. For a woman who's mastered the art of mad, I can't say I've ever seen her that angry. So tell me, Jamie. What did you do to scare the only person I know who doesn't get scared? I'm Sheila. And welcome to Pod Clubhouse coverage of Yellowstone Season 2. Today, we're talking about Episode 5, which is titled Touching Your Enemy. We had a lot going on this episode. Yeah, this was a tense one. I know. Everyone's like did. a hairpin trigger, it seems. Yes. And reaching out and touching some of their enemies. <laughs> yes. I liked seeing Rip history a little bit. Yeah, we hadn't gotten another flashback scene in a while, so this was good. Deepening the understanding between Beth and Rip. We got a little bit. Well, we got a flashback story from Casey. We didn't see his flashback, but Yeah, that wasn't that one was not as enjoyable as the Beth (laughs) and Rip one. (laughs) Definitely was not. I did have a problem with this scene though between Beth and Rip, just because what one of the older Wranglers says to Beth that like, you know, she's starting to get some swish in her hips and you know, Beth fires back in her very Beth way. I guess it doesn't matter what age Beth is. She still has that sharp tongue. But like, it's just so disgusting that some men feel that it's okay to talk to girls, women, females in any way, shape or form about their bodies. And especially like a 14 year old girl. I'm sorry. Like, that's just, yeah, there's just enough going on at 14 that like things are changing like daily and things hurt for no reason. And like, Jesus Christ. And then like, you're already self-conscious about everything. And you don't need to hear it from a creepy old man, you know, basically calling it out. It's just, it's harrowing enough to have a swish than to be, (laughs) then to have to be called out on it. So I feel like she, she could have gotten fired for that. Right. I mean, telling daddy that some, I I mean, that guy was old. Yeah. Like in 1997, I just don't think that there was, you know, the sort of the, the sensitivity or the, but like, I remember in 1997 going for sexual harassment training and like the whole auditorium was like snickering. I was working at a hospital at this time and I was I was in college myself. So, I mean, I was pretty young. I was being sexually harassed at the same time. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, it was kind of disgusting. Maybe it made me feel very uncomfortable. So hearing this and seeing this was just like, mm, like I knew exactly the mindset of the time, you mm-hmm. know, that we were in at this point. So it was just it was pretty gross. Just uh, all right. That's me coming down off my soapbox. <laughs> So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's interesting to see her, her, like, purposefully try to go get Rip's attention, of course. I mean, well, why does she call him a new pet? A new pet. Yeah, I feel like she, she had some sort of just see what I can get away with type of plan. Yeah, and I, I'm sure she was looking for some sort of a diversion from her own yes. woes. And, and he's like the new shiny toy that she's not related to that's, you know, somewhat interesting, so. Yeah. And and her age, so that's appropriate. Age, right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think there's too many other boys her age on the ranch that aren't her brothers. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
I like how they were kind of honest with each other, though. I feel like, I mean, Beth was driving that, but Rip was honest. Like, what, you know, when she asked, why are you so angry? And he said, because it killed my family. Like, I liked seeing that sort of raw honesty between them at such a young age. Yeah, it was also very just disheartening to see that Rip is blaming himself for yeah. for this. But you can see where, like, the foundation of who he is being laid right here. You know, he's a very responsible person, and he definitely is loyal to the people who have done right by him. So you can definitely see where this is coming from. But I enjoyed how, like you said, how honest they were with each other, because I don't think that Beth is really going to be honest with anybody else. Mm-hmm. In her family, I don't feel that she... I don't know. I feel like she thinks that she's better than everybody. Smarter than everybody, I think, is maybe the better way to say it. We know that she hates Jamie. She doesn't have a very high opinion of Casey, I don't think. We've talked about this. And then we just didn't see enough of Lee and her interact to think what she... Or to know what she thought about him. Yeah. Really, we said that like the only one that she really respects is her dad. She doesn't have a very deep well to, to pull from in terms of her own like mental health or her own, you know, sort of having a friend to talk to. I mean, for them being so young, they both have very high walls up. I mean, that I like that, like I said, that they were honest about that. Like she just said, I don't do scared anymore. And I think that's like who Beth is. Like she's just not going to be intimidated or she's always going to make the first move or she's always going to be like one step ahead because she's just not going to be scared ever again kind of thing right like this was a conscious decision on her part and she's not going to be deterred by anybody not like some weird old wrangler talking about the swish in her hips or or anything and she's used this resolve well yeah since i think i like to they're like i don't know how to kiss and she's like yeah me either (laughs) we'll we'll figure it out it'll just take our minds off of our problems yeah this was a really like very raw emotional scene between them and it shows why rip takes the shit from her that he does yes exactly like they've been involved in some sort of friendship relationship since they were yeah 15 or whatever so yeah it's like why he (laughs) lets her talk to him like that and then on the flip side i really enjoyed the sort of honesty that she had with him in the present day conversation Mm -hmm. about how she sees something in someone that she wants to take and try to grasp onto that i love what he says to her that there is good in her there's good in her and you know she apologizes to him for i guess the the scene with walker about making him feel jealous about him yeah just the fact that he says like you know i'm sorry the two words you're never gonna have to say to me i thought that was really that's as close to when i love you that we're gonna get out of these two and i just i thought it was so endearing and so sweet and so adorable when he's like i'm gonna ride off into the sunset now she's like that's the sunrise he's like you know what i mean i know i loved it it's like you know what i'm talking about yeah that was just like adorable and for me this went miles remember last time i was complaining that beth is feeling very Mm one-dimensional um this did miles of good for me in terms of who she is developing into as a character because we haven't like i said we we haven't seen a lot of growth from her and i feel like in this three minute opening that i got more out of her than i have in like the last six or eight episodes agreed yeah well and then this sort of history and interaction with her and rip made the scene with John when she was like mad at him at the breakfast table and causing ruckus there Wait, it made is it, it the breakfast table <laughs> <laughs> apparently <laughs> uh, 
it just made it seem so much it was just more meaningful versus like another scene of us watching beth just be like a bitch like there was sort of reason behind it and i really like what she said (laughs) he's like why do you got to be like this and she's like i just need you to understand the severity of the subject before i bring it up like (laughs) it's so funny the way she does it it's like she just causes havoc on everybody but Yes, she's got to ruin. She's got to ruin everyone's day just to get her point across. Yes, but I liked that about this scene. Was like she's just like, like you have to understand, like I like how passionate I am about yeah. the subject. Like, I mean business right now <laughs> by me just like causing trouble in your day. Like we can't even <laughs> eat breakfast. Like she, that girl, does she never eat? Like she never finishes a meal at that table. Well, I think John made that comment a couple of episodes ago, saying yeah. like I don't think that girl finished a meal since she was fourteen or something, yeah. whatever it was. It's like, oh my gosh. I was just laughing. (laughs) Well, again, we need some comic relief somewhere in the Mm -hmm. episode in order to sort of swallow all of the drama. (laughs) She definitely got her point across to John, and it was really meant for his ears only. So she's not skilled in the art of diplomacy and dealing with her dad, but Mm -hmm. she's definitely able to get her point across when the time is needed. I wouldn't say I'm proud of her, but I understand why she went to her dad on behalf of Rip. Like, what are you doing? Like, he's, it just hurt a little bit for John to say, like, well, he's not my son. I'm like, dude, you've had this kid in your house since he was like 14 or 15. Like, can't you show him? Like some measure of care. Like how he still sees Rip as just like an employee. It's just kind of sucks. He doesn't, he doesn't. He does what is convenient for him. And this is the part that I find just really shitty. Yeah. Is that, yeah, so, like, I just hate the fact that he picks and chooses his moments where, where Rip is the most reliable person in the world to him and then just can flip him to the side so easily and just yeah. say, well, he's he's agreed to make a sacrifice. Um, it's not that simple. It's not that cut and dry. You know, and I don't like how John is so flippant about it, too, saying, well, yeah, well, Casey just, you know, Casey doesn't want to live in this house and then you can fix Rip's living situation. It's like I shouldn't have to fix his situation if he had just done right by the man. Did you say fix it? Yeah, he says something along the lines of that, like she could she could adjust or she she could fix his living situation if she wanted to do something. I thought he just meant you could get over it. Like, like this is not something you need to even be worried about. I thought he meant like in in her mind and heart, like you can just fix, like don't worry about it. Yeah, he's so, so the actual line he says is "Rip living in the bunkhouse is an obstacle you can overcome if that's what you choose to do." So she can. So I took from that that like he's saying that she could invite him to live in the house with her or get over it. Yeah, but I was thinking more physically that she could do physically something about it if she wanted to. I thought he meant just get over it. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 could be it too. Yeah. I think she's right to sort of advocate for him because, I mean, John needs to have just care about Rip a little bit differently. But, I mean, he needs he needs more humility. I would have thought between the the cancer diagnosis and like sort of the brushes with death and the um, the ulcer and just all the things that he's gone through personally would have changed him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you have like a near-death experience and you have the ability to, you know, bounce back in a different way. I don't think he's learned any lessons from yeah. all of this. And I would hope mm-hmm. he would have. I don't think, I don't really see John changing much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure yeah. why, like why he feels the need to be so hard on the people who are the most loyal to him. Like if, if we look at the scheme of like who's been loyal, mm-hmm. Beth and Rip are really close to the top, like neck and neck for one and two. 
and he treats them the worst. Well, aside from Jamie. Say, yeah. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> this is a complicated relationship with his children. That's ridiculous. What did you think, though, of her philosophical moment on the porch? Wondering what this place looked like before they took it over. It seems kind of random for this episode. Yeah, maybe she's just contemplating, like, you know, what she's going to do with the ranch when John dies. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I realize I shouldn't laugh when I say that, but it's just, she's just so full of spit and venom today that it's just, it's probably what's on, you know, her mind. Probably, I guess you're right. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad uh, they had a little moment, but I felt like he basically told her just to get over it. I agree that she could do one of two things about it. She can either, you know, change it and invite him to come and live with her or mm -hmm. just, you know, drop it all together. But then sort of on the flip side, we see John have a little bit more of a sincere moment with Casey later in the episode. For this episode, John is asking Casey to go straight to Jenkins and like confront him, mm -hmm. tell him what we know, get him to confess. So what did you think when you saw Jenkins like learning how to shoot a gun? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, at least he's taking Rainwater's advice to heart. Yeah. Um, him saying the thing that he said about like i feel like a god yes uh was a little worrisome yes i felt like someone's gonna get killed because of his recklessness because he has uh, like this like shoot from the hip kind of demeanor about him mm -hmm. and I, I mean that not literally i mean it figuratively um like he shoots his mouth off and i feel like the the anger that he feels like his lack of ability to control it now combined with a gun on his hip is going to be very dangerous for him yeah I mean, he has a very short fuse with these rednecks, as he calls them. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, you know, like he keeps saying about playing by the rules or learning what rules they live by kind of thing. He talks about that a lot. He's always saying that he's tired of them and and these rednecks and their, and their bullshit. So him with a gun and knowledge on how to use it could, could be bad. But now, can I ask you a question? So... He is struggling learning the rules in Montana. He's been hung from the neck. He's been ridiculed. He's been beat up in a bar. He's he's literally experienced the Wild West in 2019 yeah. and has not learned a whole lot from this. So my question is, why didn't he hire somebody from Montana to teach him how to mm -hmm. use a gun, be his personal security guard? I have no idea. Right? Like, it's like you're not learning the lessons, friend. <laughs> Because Casey makes a point of saying, like, oh, what are you from California? So he says something to those, those lines a little bit later on. Yeah. And I just found it interesting that he's he's learned enough to do, you know, X, Y, but he doesn't follow through to Z. But uh, I just laugh that he's just, like, so not a natural gunslinger. And, <laughs> and, um, although, like, his face when he did finally fire the gun and hit the I target. Know. Who was he imagining? Was oh, it, no, it was pretty. Was it Beth? Was it John? Creepy. <laughs> Was his wife for yeah, like wife. taking up <laughs> friendship with Beth? There was a whole lot of faces that kind of flew through my mind. I mean, I feel like even if Jenkins has a gun, like I feel like he will be disarmed pretty easily. So I don't think it's he could do much damage with it. But I mean, I don't know. He could, I guess. Yeah. But then, so I didn't realize at first that this guy was like sort of his security detail. I guess I just thought he was there to teach him how to use a gun, but yeah, same wouldn't way. he be at the house before Jenkins? Like, isn't that why you have security? Maybe he was doing a perimeter sweep. I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, dude. <laughs> you gotta be on your man. <laughs> so he rolls up to this house with Ryan and, and surprise, there's Casey right behind him. Mm -hmm. Casey is aggressive. <laughs> yeah. I was laughing how quickly he got disarmed. I was like, oh, I guess watching your six is lesson number two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
maybe this this needed to happen, I guess, for Casey to look Jenkins in the eye and know that he didn't do it. But I, I like that scene a lot. Like, yes. he was like, I don't know how to kill your stupid cows. Like, I wish I did. So, yeah. So, like, they gave him way more credit than he's capable of. Yeah. But I, I agree. I really like the scene. I liked how... You know, Dan was using the pain against Casey. Like, I wish I had to see how much pain this is causing you. I just, it was really well done. It was really well written Mm -hmm. to show how much these two hate each other. And Dan, like, missing the opportunity to crush the Empire this way. Yeah. And he's angry. I mean, he's rightfully so. It's like, you're hanging me from a tree. Now you're in my house. Like, I don't know how to kill your stupid cows. Like, leave me in the F alone. (laughs) Go away. So, if he didn't kill the cows, that means it was the Beck brothers, right? Yeah, somebody else then. I mean, uh, I guess, or Rainwater, but then Rainwater would have been in on it with Jenkins, right? Or no, maybe not. I don't feel like Rainwater's trying to align with Jenkins too closely. Uh, Yeah, but because now he doesn't trust him after what happened the last time out. So, he's he's really still between like a rock and a hard place. He doesn't know where he stands. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know if he's on financial ruin or, or whatever, so... So they still have no idea who killed the cows then. John well, and Casey don't. Yeah. They don't. So that was something that I was like really struck by. I'm like, hey, no Becks this episode. Yeah. So, I mean, in my mind, those are the only people that are left that we know are capable and have uh, means and wanted to bait a trap. So. Yeah. I mean, all signs point to them. So then this is when that moment where I was talking about with John and Casey, like he goes back to the house and talks to his dad. You know, it's like that conversation john had with Linnell, like you don't ask your kids anything you don't know anything about them and it's like john has these moments every now and then where he like actually cares for a minute and so he (laughs) tries to say i like what he said like i'm just trying to understand the man in front of me it's like now that casey told his story you don't want to hear anymore like this is why they don't want to talk about it this is so god i can't imagine i don't know anyone personally like in my immediate life that I spend time with that has been in war so I don't know the actual effects of it like daily but I do know friends who it's a big you know it's a huge part of their life yeah there's some people in my inner circle who um have served in Iraq and Afghanistan and you know so I've heard my share of war stories from people just needing to share it um and for some reason, I, I tend to be a person that people tell things to, um, mostly because I don't really talk too much about the big stuff. Like, I'll, I'll talk to people about, like, what's going on. But, you know, I get told a lot of things. But, um, yeah, like, stuff like this, there's nothing really good in them. No, it's so sad. It fundamentally changes that person. Mm-hmm. Maybe not in all the ways that you can see, but, like, in the deep down ways. Like, the things that they see in the dark and, you know, the things that, that bring them sort of out of their normal way of being and, you know, bring them into a little bit of a darker place. It's a little harder for them to to get out of it, knowing some of the things that they've, they've experienced and things like that. So I'm not really saying it very well, but basically it changes them like somewhere in their DNA. So watching this scene with Casey was actually really, really hard for me um, because it felt so real and it felt like conversations that I've had with people who I'm very, very close with. So, Um, yeah, so it was it was a really heartfelt moment, and you can see how much this is tearing him up. And now everybody feels like shit. So. Yeah, no, it's just terrible. But I think also John recognizing some of the same traits that Casey has in him, and vice versa, is important 
they, they, co- they cope with things in the same way that they just don't yeah. want to talk about it and they hope that they can just, you know, get through it. But I think this is where John is trying to be a different father mm-hmm. to his kids from the conversation, like you said, with Linnell. Having these moments with, like, he tried to have the, the, the teaching moment with Beth and that kind of went awry this morning. And... <laughs> But he's trying with Casey as well to connect with them on a different level so that it's not just about business, that it's about the the whole relationship. Yeah, but I'm, I'm like sort of being cynical and thinking to myself, like, too little, too late kind of thing. Yeah, like, like it feels this, like that. It feels just too late because, I mean, they're adults and and then you're asking them to do horrible things on your behalf and then one day you're trying to be nice and the next day you're punching your son in the face so i mean it's just it's a little bit effed up dude yeah it's a little it's a little hard to take but i mean i did appreciate this moment between them even though it was really hard to hear that kind of a story but for casey to open up and show john like why i don't talk about this stuff and why you don't you don't want to know this about me. You know? Right. You're better off not knowing this stuff about me. That's so sad. I mean, it's it's terrible for for a soldier to feel like they like you don't want to know this stuff, but for them to keep it inside is just as dangerous. I mean, that's that's sad. Well, I feel like right. it's worse because now is this worse. is where the stuff like eats away at you. Yeah. So maybe you don't have to tell your family about it, but you have to please tell talk somebody. to someone, please. So let's talk um, really quickly about this meeting with John and Cassidy and Jamie was there. Yeah, so I guess he's back in the good graces. I guess. <laughs> kind of. I mean, I don't know, because at the breakfast table, John told him, you've lost the right to question me or, or whatever. So I don't, I don't think so. I don't think Jamie's looking too good in John's eyes. But he's there. He's in the meeting, which is sort of a step in the right direction, I guess. This meeting, they're still talking about that altercation with the livestock agent and, and the teenage kid with the rifle but i mean cassie is saying she's going to make this disappear before it becomes an issue so yeah and also revealing that donnie sheriff donnie's report is intentionally vague yes so she's not okay with that because now this is signaling that the law enforcement she's seeing the corruption really like firsthand Mm -hmm. you know she vows to do away with it and you know like what a good little soldier she is yeah (laughs) i know I mean, why does the uh, the attorney general need so many meetings with the livestock commissioner? Well, I guess this is probably what Attorney General Stewart, right, was saying that he needed to apprise her of some of the legal situations. And this probably being the biggest one, because there's still, you know, the governor's office is still not happy with John for even from mm-hmm. what we saw the, the very first episode of, of the series from the cattle battle version one. You know, and this is where the shift has happened and wanting John out. So I feel like it's her duty to understand John, to, to know why Linnell and, and Mike felt the way that they did about him. But also, this is probably the, the biggest thing on her plate right now, too, is the fact that, like, a 15-year-old kid was shot. It looks yeah. like the sheriff's office is covering it up. So uh, she definitely wants to get to the bottom of that. But now, Jamie. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. Oh, gosh. Preoccupied with his phone. And John is just so annoyed with him just in general mm-hmm. during the conversation because, like, Jamie's, like, fumbling for details and, and John's hands are like, like, what? Like, can you just get it together? And then he's fumbling with his phone and tells him, like, Jesus, son, just, you know, answer it already. <laughs> Ooh, so he's been avoiding this reporter. She's back, Sarah. 
She's like, avoiding me is not going to stop this article from coming yeah, out. Yeah, it's like, just not happening, friend. Oh, God. I mean, Jamie is freaking out. He threatens yeah. to sue her. Well, he she drops the bomb on him saying like, uh, yeah, you have no options. And I'm going to interview your dad, by the way. I don't remember her saying that before. I don't recall that either. <laughs> that's like, that's oh. new news. I mean, what did he think was going to happen? This is just a mess. Well, I mean, this is the result of the temper tantrum, right? He gets mm-hmm. he gets upset that, you know, daddy kicked me out and daddy dropped my campaign support. And and the first thing he does is is find someone who can help destroy him. Now that he has buyer's remorse, it, it's just it's not going to go the way that he wants it to. No. He's got no recourse. This is bad. Yeah, he's already he's already exercised his First Amendment right. And yeah. that's it. Cat's out of the bag now. So I just assumed like this article would come out and then John, I guess. So say Jamie never moved back in. The article would come out. John would read it somehow, hunt him down. And that would be the end of Jamie. So the fact that he's like back in the house and then this reporter is going to come to John and then tell him what your son did. That's uh, almost it's even worse. Like if that could be possible. Yeah, I don't know how Jamie thought that this was going to go down, but I definitely don't think that he thought John would be interviewed at all. I thought this was going to be like a one-sided Correct. thing. Correct, yeah. Did you really think that Jamie felt like if ignoring it, it would go away? I mean, is that really his plan? Well, he just threatened to sue her into oblivion if she yeah. kept going with it, but knowing that sue he's got what? nothing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. like li- libel, slander. Well, you actually said it. You're on tape. Nobody held a gun to your head. I mean, someone's going to hold a gun to your head soon at the train right. station. But prior to this, that you yes. were on, you were of your own free will on this. Sort of this Jamie situation being the last scene of the of the episode. I wrote down Jamie's going to the train station. Oh yeah, absolutely. This is bad. It's like, but, how, how many more episodes do we have to endure Jamie not being at the train station? Right, because this is <laughs> it's coming. Well, he's but, just, basically, he's in the grave right now. He's just pulling the dirt over himself at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad for the guy in the way that he, the only person he can even turn to is this horrible sister who's like literally going to beat the crap out of him. Again, he goes Again. Again. Why? Where else can he go? He can't go. I mean. Again, these dads don't have friends. We know this. Yeah. The only other person I think he could go to is Rip at this point, but I don't even think that that's possible. Uh, But he's not going to give him the intellectual advice I think that he's after. No. I mean, I just... What did she think? What did Jamie think she was going to do? Like, this is... Oh, my gosh. And she can't help but mock him. And then until she realizes what he's talking about, uh, her reaction. Were you expecting this? I mean, what can you even begin to expect from Beth? So... Yeah, sure. I mean, this could have happened. I mean, she's kicked the snot out of him. Yeah, she's kicked the snot out of him before. I mean, she is so vengeful. Like, she wasn't going to be like, okay, I'll help you figure out how to get out of this. But the fact that she immediately, like, drug him by the hair to tattle was like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. Like, childish and overreactionary i guess but i mean she is pissed yeah see now i didn't get scared initially maybe just when like she got him into the room with john i just got that you know with her and jamie initially that she was just like just pissed beyond pissed. all belief no like, i didn't feel like she was scared 
when they got to John and, and she, you know, she says, you know, come and talk to me afterwards so that, you know, he doesn't Jamie his way out of this. I was like, first of all, that is just base insult. Like, yeah. It's like if anyone said like Sheila's going to Sheila her way out of something, I feel like that is not nice. <laughs> <laughs> that is not nice. How dare you use my name as a verb? <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, I was once given advice. It's like, don't date a guy whose name is uh, like a verb. So like, you know, Josh, like I could be joshing you or Chase. Like I could be chasing you. Like just stay away from That's guys funny. whose names are verbs. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> or rip. Or rip. Yes, exactly. Rip, you know, so. Yeah. I just, I am still just annoyed with Jamie and his like, just lack of his sniveliness snivelly like he was just literally like on his knees yeah like kind of whimpering i'm like dude and it, like john had to rescue jamie be like beth i got it from here like you can stop <sighs> kicking the shit out of him oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i mean can i just tell you when john broke the glass yeah and it shattered the way that it did on the fireplace i jumped a mile i know like, I oh, felt gosh. like all of the anger and all of the disappointment he feels for Jamie was in that glass explosion. I mean, I think he's probably thinking to himself, like, they're going to kill me. Like, my dad might kill me over this. Like, I guess I could understand the fear or whatever. But to me, when when I feel like I've done some things that I need to, like, confess... I feel like, okay, I've got to have a plan. I'm going to come in there. I'm going to have this to say. Like, I'm going to sort of not justify my actions, but like own up to them. Yeah, Just like be responsible. Be responsible about it. Like say what needs to be said. But he's literally not saying anything. Just like on his knees crying. I'm yeah. like, dude, come on. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what he thought this was going to result in at, at any step along the way from the time that he agreed to do it from the time he sat for it and, yeah, and everything yeah. since like i just don't think that he's you know saw this through in his mind as to how this was going to go oh yeah i definitely don't think he gave it much thought i think he i mean full-on panic mode for jamie at this point to her saying i'm going to call your dad like he has to get in front of that john can't get the phone call from sarah without <laughs> He can't be blindsided like that or I don't know. This is really bad for Jamie. Either way, I don't know what's going to happen. There's no good path for him out of this. There right. can't be. I mean, we've seen, you know, a man go to the train station for a lot less. Yeah. And I don't think that John at this point would have any qualms about it being his own son. Not not given this. Yeah, given the situation. For this to be the end of the episode was major yeah. cliffhanger and and john is just like what did you do to me it's just it was so it's like he already knows it's already he already knows that like this is the worst possible thing that could happen like not only does he have all the cattle that are dead now he's got to deal with whatever this outside force is now as well right oh my gosh this is bad I have a weird like segue because like I forgot to mention it when we talked about like Cassidy and the sheriff's office like, mm -hmm. out of nowhere in this episode as well. Then like Sheriff Donnie gets a present. Yes. The note, the bourbon and the bullet. <laughs> That's a good title. <laughs> and the note says, don't forget who you work for. I meant to mention this with Cassidy when she was talking yes. about the sheriff's <laughs> office and then we just got we got sidetracked. Yeah. So uh, what did you think about this? Um, I thought it was from John. I did too. But then... But it could be from Dan Jenkins because they keep mentioning how he's now, like, 
you know, part of the club or whatever. But I don't think Dan Jenkins would do that. So then my thought was, what if he works for the Beck Brothers with... Like, I'm trying to think through this, like, how how they would have approached him or what they would have said to him. But, you know, how he wasn't, he was a little bit hesitant to call the cows, like, a crime scene. And, you know, so it's like, who does he work for? Right. So you're not wrong in the sense that, like, the Becks could have approached him and bankrolled his membership at the club. True. The bourbon's what made me think mostly of the Becks. It's just because they hold the liquor license and it's just been oh. their source of power. Like, that's mm-hmm. how they got over on Dan Jenkins. That's the that's only true. that's the only connection I got is that they would have the means to, to you know, buy Donnie's golf membership. And Dan's being the only club that's nearby. And then the bourbon was the only other thing that I could think of. And just to have them having the sheriff in, in their pocket as a way to, like, get at John Dutton would just be ingenious on the Beck's part. Right. I didn't think Dan because I don't think Dan's smart enough to figure out all of these tentacle webs. (laughs) You know, I I just, and I don't mean that in a mean way. I'm just thinking that he thought he was going to come out here and be the smartest man in the room. Yeah. He's just focused on his like property deal. Like, yeah, like he did his homework. He knew who the Becks were, but he didn't know really who the Becks were. He's preoccupied. Like he's got this rainwater problem where he doesn't know if he's about to get screwed big time on this land deal. So I don't think that his his mindset is really on like someone as low on the totem pole as Sheriff Donnie at this point. Right. But it was very ominous to say, don't forget who you work for. But then if it is the Beck brothers, I don't understand the about face on the press conference. Right. I know. It's like he what he said at the press conference was totally backing john and then john for john to say i didn't make him say that like what so i'm i'm confused so i, I Agreed. thought I, <laughs> Agreed. I i thought i had it like neatly buttoned up with like the becks they own him they paid his golf membership and uh the bourbon was the reminder but then the bullet saying like don't forget who you work with. it's very ominous sounding but then for him to do like this serious 180 Saying mm-hmm. that the you know the shooting was justified, and you know he's going to induct uh, conduct an internal investigation into the response time inter like this was very detailed and very you know PR'd. Yes, and you know Beth's like, oh, how'd you get him to do that? And John's like, just as surprised as she is, I didn't. <laughs> so like it just has me worried for Donnie because like I feel like whoever sent the message, he did the exact opposite. Exactly. And it just has me a little bit worried. And I feel like between, like, so all we've seen so far of Sheriff Donnie has been really underhanded stuff. Mm-hmm. Between the bear at the end of season one, trying right. to frame rip, and then with the shell casings, and then with the the way that the report came out. I'm just worried for him because I feel like whatever he's feeling, he's, I guess he's feeling that he got into bed with the wrong people. Yeah. And that no golf membership is maybe worth his... <laughs> moral values hit uh, what am i what am i trying to say like it's not worth his his integrity right mm. not sure where sheriff donnie's gonna fall out in the uh in the big scheme of things here yeah we got some comic relief a lot of it actually today from the bunkhouse it is comic relief but i it left me feeling like sad for jimmy like they're all just making fun of this poor guy like i just felt so bad for him in this episode but it was funny but like come on guys y'all are being mean so mean i mean don't you feel a little bit of stress for jimmy like he's trying to figure out how to make some money this poor kid he doesn't have a clue that he's not gonna do it sliding horses or whatever that's called 
I don't even know what that like technique yeah, is called. Yeah, I think it's like sliding horses. Yeah, horse sliding. <laughs> horse sliding. I just feel bad for the guy. He wants to take care, protect his pawpaw. Makes me sad. It does. But <laughs> it was pretty funny watching the the uh, commentary between Rip and Travis. Yeah, and Travis, this cowboy from north texas i don't know they made sure to say north texas why is there a difference between north and south texas in terms of like so like here in new york there's a definite difference between like upstaters and people who live downstate i mean i would i guess so i've never been to north texas other than to drive (laughs) to oklahoma (laughs) um it's definitely a lot of ranches and land and cattle and in the winter, there's actually snow. Um, so it is. It's different. But I haven't spent enough time in North Texas to know how it's different. But maybe those cowboys from North Texas are different than these southern cowboys. So this family that Travis is talking about, they're they're like actual, like real yes. cowboys. Like yes. Tom, Kate, and Mandy McCutcheon are legit show cowboys. Like they earn... Are they from North Texas? They are from North Texas. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> I feel like that needed to be specified. Yes. Um, but yeah. Well, so she's won, the mom has won $2 million sliding horses. $2 million and 20 after Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> the Houston Live Soccer Rodeo is amazing. It is definitely worth any cost to get there because it is amazing and they and they'll tell you too like they do such a good job the announcers of like telling you about these cowboys and where they're from and and how long they've been doing it and they tell you like their career uh winnings yeah like this guy's won 15 million dollars in the rodeo it's like what well like Cade mccutcheon like he's the, the teenager he's won millions already yes which is crazy it is crazy. I'm in the and wrong. I'm in the wrong business. Is really no, what this girl. Comes down I mean, to. I think your medical bills are <laughs> yeah, pretty like, steep. I know. I had to get like pick up a prescription the other day. I was like, damn it, it's January. All the deductibles have yeah. reset. <laughs> Stupid deductibles. So, I mean, I've just at the local at the Houston Rodeo. They do it every night for like three weeks, and I go twice, and I've seen some pretty like nasty bulls yeah. stomping on chests and stuff it's yeah. pretty scary but can't even imagine maybe horse sliding is not so dangerous it didn't look so dangerous although no. jimmy i thought he injured other parts of his body but it turned out like it's his thumb um, oh. he's like buckle to the sky buckle to the sky <laughs> oh, that's so funny so. <laughs> I like it. they just sort of he just agrees to this like he has to know he's not gonna win jimmy come on man Although I was dying when he rides up, he goes, I'm Jim with his like, I'm Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Try, he Jim. tries out like a big boy voice and, uh, yeah. And yeah. Oh, but Rip, I go back and forth with him, you know, know. with how he's, he feels he's... about Jimmy because he's got this moment where, you know, he's, he's telling Jimmy that, you know, you're not a shark. And if you have to ask yourself, if you're a shark or a minnow, you know who you are. But then like he tells Travis that, you know, he's like a mistake waiting to happen. No, I just, I feel like Rip was kind of mean to Jimmy in this episode, verbally. Like, even though he wasn't, not even standing there, but just the way he was talking about him. And he's like, no, I want you to take all his money. Yeah, like, that was mean. I think it's mean because I know that Jimmy needs the money. He needs the money, and then Rip is, like, there to teach him a lesson. Like, don't don't step out of your lane. You know, don't swim in a lane where you obviously don't know the players and you don't know the game. Right. Do you feel that 
if Jimmy would just talk to them about it, like they would try to help him come up with a way to yes, make the money. I, yes, I know. I, I just feel like Jimmy say something like ask for help, dude. You know, because he's dancing around with Lloyd. You yeah. know, saying like, how do I go about earning more money? And then Lloyd just like shoots him down, like no sugarcoating there. It's like, well, it's all the stuff we do that you're not good at anyway. Yeah. I just feel like at that point he would have just asked and said, okay, well, what do I do? I need some help. Like, why can't you just ask for help, Jimmy? I mean, we talked about how last time that he can't because the ranch just lost half a million dollars of cows. But But like if they all ponied up money to get him a hat, I'm sure they would pony up some money to keep his grandfather from getting the shit kicked out of him again. Right. I know. I agree. That's why this part didn't sit. I'm like ugh, annoyed by it because I'm like, come on, Jimmy, just say you need help. Like, stop trying to win money off of these guys are going to kick your ass. Yeah. Exactly. But it was kind of funny. I like their banter. They were funny. Although I did think it was very impressive that Rip did his horse sliding, holding his beer. They're like, yeah. <laughs> Travis, like, I'll hold your beer. Like, now nah, I'm good. Yeah. I <laughs> he does it like literally holding his beer. I thought that was a very That's impressive. Awesome. Um, but this took up a lot of time. I was surprised at how yeah. much time they dedicated to this. But I mean, yeah, granted, like, Travis is Taylor Sheridan and it's his yeah. show. So, but it was good. It's good to see that kind of side of it. I think it gives the show like a level of authenticity that, yeah, not that it needs, but it definitely benefits from. Agreed. Yeah. It's just that light, like you need a little bit of that lighthearted, just fun, what they're doing on the ranch kind of thing. And they're funny. So, I mean. And yeah. And they are funny. And I just love the, the, the like, not that I love the banter because it's always like directed in a negative way at Jimmy, but just mm-hmm. the boyish digs that they take at each other. Yeah. Um, it's like they never got out of high school in terms of like, you know, the locker room digs. But, uh, I didn't see Avery this time. She wasn't anywhere. No. I didn't see her at all. Walker had a very diminished role. I remember saying the like word Walker go. Well, yes. And then I was agreed. Like he was there this time. And I'm thinking, how did you, how are you still around? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess he can't leave. Yeah, that's true. But I, I would have thought he would at least try to like pick up and go to a different ranch in Montana if he can't yeah. leave because of parole. But uh, I, I'm very interested because we're at the halfway mark right now. This is episode five. So and now we're heading to the back five right, <laughs> of the season. Right. So I don't know. We shall see. I don't think I Walker's mean, in a good place just from where he's at. And it, they can't leave him alone for too much longer. And Jimmy is going to have, I mean, I'm sorry, not Jimmy. Jamie is going to have to be addressed next episode for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you're right. Jimmy, too, because Jimmy's got this date with uh, Blake and Ray. They said that they need their oh, eight grand. True. And he's desperately trying to find a way to make some more money, so... That's true. This is coming up. I don't know what's coming next from the Beck brothers. Well, we don't really know a whole lot yet about... We're we're making conjecture here, right? That they're the ones who sent the bullet and the bourbon to Donnie. Yeah. And we and, don't know what, in fact, if they what they've done to to the cattle. Like we're, we're we now know that it's not Dan, and we know that it's likely not Rainwater because yeah. he didn't feature here at all. And there's not there's no evidence to connect. Right. There's no evidence to connect anybody yet. But like my gut is telling me that the Becks are not here just for an annoyance factor. Yeah, I mean, it's is John going to make the next next move with the Becks, or is something else going to happen? Or I and honestly. I know we've said a couple times that I've seen we've seen this. I don't remember. No, I don't either. Right. I don't remember what happens next. So <laughs> I'm like ready to watch. I mean, I know how episode. like it ends. Right. But I mean, of... I don't know what happens ne- in the next episode. Right, but so. I don't know what gets us from here to there. And yeah. uh, we will never spoil it for you. No, um, never. But yet, we definitely know that there's there's some more from the Becks to be seen. That's all we do know. Yeah. 
I just can't remember the details. It's been a while <laughs> since then. Huh. Join us for the next episode where, where we find out what the Becks do. Yeah, we're, we're just as surprised as you are. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, that's amazing. Mm. And so true. I enjoyed our chat today, Sheila. I guess we'll see you all back here for the next episode, which is episode six. Yes. And moving right through season two. Thanks before for you, listening. Before we know it, we'll be back to season four. Yay! Yay! I can't wait. I know. I'm so excited. All right. Well, thanks for listening. This is Steph. And this is Sheila. Before we head out, if you could run on over to Apple Podcasts to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so that you'll know whenever we drop an episode. Also, if you could leave us a comment and or five stars, that would be greatly appreciated. It's definitely a really great way for other people to find this podcast and enjoy it just as much as you do. As always, we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you.